Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello all, it's me. Just wanted to pop in real quick before the episode, just for a couple of admin things. First of all, if you don't follow me on Twitter, head over. It's at flying underscore fate. Secondly, I now have an Instagram that I'm forced to do things with. That's also at flying underscore fate. And then finally, and most importantly, I have been nominated for an award in the Audioverse Awards. Um, So thank you for everyone who nominated me, but now we need to get votes in. Um, So head over to my Twitter at flying underscore fate or just Google Audioverse Awards. I'm nominated in the newcomers writing category. And if you could vote for me, I would love you very much until the end of time. Thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy the episode. times for Lynn had transformed. Before Kaelin, he would trance at some random time during the day, whenever he felt like he needed to. He could go days without rest, and did so more frequently than was probably healthy. And if he felt tired or woozy, he would just sit himself in a chair and trance until he felt better again. But now Kaelin went to sleep every night, and that meant that Lynn had to go to sleep every night. Well, he supposed he didn't really have to, but there was something about having a set time to go up into the bedroom and lying together talking about their day until Kaelin fell asleep. It was almost amusing hearing the half-elf's words start to slur and make less and less sense until he fell asleep. Only the nightmares were another thing to contend with. They didn't come to him every night or even every week. They came to him with no rhyme or reason, reminding him of things that he had been trying so hard to forget. Every time he woke up with his heart racing, sweating profusely and shaking in the bed. Kaelin woke up sometimes, but more often than not, he would just sleep straight through. Lynn was pleased of that, at least. The nights where Kaelin woke up were always the worst, even if he didn't say anything. Just the knowledge that he had disturbed him made Lynn's heart sink. Some part of him knew a nightmare was going to come tonight. The day at the fighting pit was flooded with all sorts of sensory memories, the sights, the sounds and the smells that had been so familiar to him. That tended to be when the nightmares were the worst, when he was thinking about his life before. When he had visited the ballroom back in Winterdrift, when he had first gotten home from their journey. So they weren't exactly predictable, but Lynn could most certainly work out the probabilities of when they were most likely. So that was why he was sat here in bed, with a pencil and a sketch pad, cleaning up some of the sketches he had made earlier in the day. It was more to occupy his time than to actually enjoy his time drawing like he usually did. They were nothing more than sketches, working on drawing and redrawing the sketches from earlier in order to try and perfect the gestures and poses while they were still fresh in his brain. 
The problem was that by getting the routine of sleeping at set points every day from Kaelin, he could feel his body starting to lag. Each drawing got less and less detailed, worse and worse in his eyes until he gave up. Reaching over, he rested his pad on his bedside table next to his water, before shuffling down in the bed and praying to a god that he knew wasn't there, that today, at least, he would have a restful sleep. Lin was stretched out on the sofa, pointing and flexing his feet as he looked down at the arena below him. He had always enjoyed the box that the family owned. It was one of the best views in the entire audience. Despite how horrible it was to spend time with his parents there, when he was on his own, it was actually quite fun. It was only the first round of the competition, but still there was one sole survivor left standing from the Moppet team. The elf was giggling as he fought, loud enough to be heard around the arena and in all of the audience boxes. Fire filled the area around him as he jumped and flipped off the brick walls and windows of the faked cityscape. With enough speed built up, he could even run a short distance along the wall, building up a little height before jumping off towards the battle again. His weapons and his magic blended together in a way that was rarely seen anymore. The art of fighting he used was certainly dying out, the training taking too long for the shorter-lived races. It definitely didn't help that the Sun Owls that had perfected it seemed to guard the secret well enough that there were now only ten or so practitioners, most of them too old to even train anymore. In fact, his sibling's mentor was an ageing elf. The very last thing he did while he was still able to move freely was train his successor. He had approached their father when they were still young, picking the oldest child and taking him away to train. It was gruelling and at times almost deadly, but Lin couldn't lie and say it didn't get results. His entire look was designed to make people look at him. Bright orange hair flowing behind him like its very own flame. A long red cape flowed down his shoulders, enough to brush the floor if he was standing still. But he never stood still, not for a second. The tiniest pair of black shorts actually covered his dignity, but long strands of red, orange and gold fabric joined by shimmering coins that jangle every time he moved hung off his belt, creating a flurry of movement and noise that drew your eye to him no matter how hard you tried to look away. Even if they were able to resist the desire to stare, the magic that he weaved would take care of it. Anyone who wasn't expecting it would get drawn in, almost hypnotised by his movements. It was a dance. A carefully crafted dance to draw the eye to him and away from his teammates. Not that they were really helping today. But that didn't really seem to deter him from his mission. Blades and fire working in perfect tandem to obliterate the hill giant that had been brought in to fight. Lin was, quite possibly, the person best suited to avoid the pull of his magic, having spent so much time around it, and by extension learning how to avoid it, but still he occasionally slipped. Now was one of those occasions. He found himself sitting forward in his chair, eyes glued to the man performing in the centre of the arena. Even as the giant fell and the dance ended, he felt himself standing and making his way slowly to the window to look down below. 
The man was looking up at him, the raging inferno in place of where his face should be, staring straight back, as if he knew exactly where Lin was watching him from. He raised his arms in a triumphant cheer, obviously showboating, and the crowd cheered back. The man was a performer. He deserved to be watched, deserved to be spoken about, deserved to be loved. He didn't deserve to be gone. Lin woke up sweating. It was too warm, too close, he couldn't breathe. He threw the covers off himself, struggling with them for a moment before sitting up and breathing heavily, trying to get enough air into his lungs. It didn't help that the heat of Hyrandel was bleeding into the room from outside, the magic that had once protected them having faded over the last few months. Kalen was still fast asleep next to him, not even stirring as Lynn swung his legs off the bed and planted them on the floor. He needed to get out of here, needed to get outside. If he had learnt anything, though, it was that he didn't want to freak Kalen out by not being there when he woke up. The last couple of times that had happened hadn't really gone well for him, and, by extension, for Kalen. He moved over to his desk, grabbing a pen and paper before writing a quick note to let him know he was okay, he was just going to go and walk in the garden. It was a quick walk over to the wardrobe, grabbing the first shirt and trousers he could find. Escaping the room quickly, he silently pulled his clothes on, before padding down the stairs and out into the garden. The nights in Hyrandale never really got as cold as it did further south, but the air here was clearer somehow than inside. Slightly warmer, sure, but less stuffy, feeling thinner and more refreshing in his lungs. The stone around the pool was warm from the day's sun on his bare feet, and he was more than comfortable in just his undershirt and trousers as he made the familiar journey towards the river that ran through the property. Never before had he really understood the idea of the outside clearing your head, but tonight it seemed to click into place. His nightmare was still ever-present in his mind, but he could... compartmentalise it more. Tell himself none of it was real. Reality was here and now, not back then. There was never a person with an inferno for a face. It was all fallout from the nightmare spell that had hit him. No matter how upset they made him, they couldn't hurt him, not really. They were just memories. They should be happy, not terrifying as they were right now. He made his way through the trees, following a well-trodden path. He wanted to pave it sometime, although he did enjoy the feeling of warm grass on his feet. It connected him somehow, grounded him to the earth and made his journey somehow holier. The sound of the river met his ears, making them twitch curiously as he didn't bother trying to hide it. No one was looking at him, so why should he care how much they were revealing his emotions? The flowing water was something that was so familiar, so close to home that it drew him in as if in a trance. He wasn't really in the present day anymore. He felt like a little kid again, going to find a quiet spot where he could read away from his siblings. The clearing was beautiful, even if he said so himself. He had never had much of a green thumb, but for this clearing? 
for this clearing he had really tried. Large bushes lined the edge of the sand, bordering it from the rest of the woodland and creating somewhat of a sanctuary. In a few weeks they would have bloomed for the first time, orange and red flowers covering them so thickly it would be akin to a wall of fire. Dotted around the clearing were bushes of lavender, the purple flowers currently absent as they waited to bloom. Lynn had timed it all perfectly, nights of research ensuring all of the flowers would arrive at once and that the clearing would be an explosion of colour and scent. A few more weeks and... A few more weeks and it all would have come to fruition. He made his way across towards the river, towards the centrepiece and what he had come here for. A long curved sword was thrust into the ground, surrounded by a cluster of lavender bushes. The blade was inlaid with gold, three large holes in the middle of it, which he was told was to make to help the blade sing. There was very, very little handguard on it, and the owner had once told him that it helped with aerodynamics. Lynn had often wondered whether aerodynamics really helped when you got your hand cut off. He finally moved over, taking a moment to sit down cross-legged on the floor in front of the sword. Looking around, he took in the surroundings, the rapid stream as it rushed its way towards the waterfall, the glint of the moonlight off the top of the water. It should have been calming, should have been a nice place to sit, but... Hi, Hanna, he finally said, breaking the silence of the night. I know it's been a while since I visited. I've been away, you see, and... And I've found someone who it's... Kind of hard to sneak away from. He chuckled, leaning back on his hands and stretching his legs out in front of him. I'll try and be better about it. A couple of deep breaths later, a moment to reflect, and the tears started to fall. He didn't even bother trying to wipe them away. Why should he? No one was going to see him out here. It was only him and whatever god was bothered to look. It had been nearly eight months. Eight months since the first time he came here, after having taken so many potions to make him strong enough to drag the canoe over to the shore and tie it up to the tree to keep it still for him. He knew he would be sick after, spend a week or two in bed as his body recovered from being pushed right beyond its limits. The next thing he carried was a hundred times worse. He had to be careful this time, his cargo more precious than he could put into words. He was used to carrying bodies at this point, but this... this was different. He actually cared this time. The canoe was already filled with pillows and blankets, enough to keep him comfortable. The thought was stupid. Lynn knew it was stupid. The dead didn't need comfort, but... He wanted him to be comfortable on his last journey. The current Lynn started to sing quietly, the same song that he sang that day. A song of reverence, of memories, of a life ended far too soon. 
of happy times and the times that still brought tears to Lynn's eyes even now. These songs were supposed to last for hours, sometimes even days, but Rose? Rose was far too short. Lynn hadn't known enough. They had spent too much time apart for the truly important information to be included in the song. Ro had been in love. Lynn knew that, at least. But he didn't even know her name. He wouldn't even begin to know where to find her. Did she even know he was dead? He'd laid his sibling in his final resting place, arranging him carefully. Arms crossed over his chest, clutching onto his favourite sword. Cape lay perfectly around him, skirt arranged in the most aesthetic way he could. His eyes were already closed. Lynn couldn't bear to look at the lifeless eyes that he knew were underneath. He'd been washed of blood, too. A necklace stolen from his mother to hide the deep gash across his throat. It was perfect for what it was. The memory of the boat setting off towards the waterfall was impeded by the tears that were in his eyes at the time. He drank more dexterity aid than he knew was healthy, and he knew once it was compounded with the strength potions, he wouldn't be able to stand for close to a month, but it was worth it. It was all worth it. Raising the bow to his lips, he had notched the flaming arrow and waited for the perfect opportunity. He had one shot at this. He couldn't fuck it up. Not like he had fucked up everything else in his life so far. His heart beat faster and faster as the time got closer. This had to be right. Had to be made right. The arrow flew towards its target, the oil he had doused the boat in catching almost instantly. Flames licked at the side of the craft, encompassing the elf inside and engulfing him almost immediately. Roe lived in fire, and he would go out in fire. That's what he wanted. That's what he had asked for all those years ago. Lynn had watched until the boat fell over the edge of the waterfall. He had stayed there for the rest of the night, eyes on where he had seen his sibling for the last time. And that was where he sat now, legs splayed out in front of him as he listened to the rushing water of the river, watching as the debris from further up the river plummeted off the edge like the canoe had done all those months ago. Maybe... Maybe if he paid his respects here, then the nightmares would lessen. Maybe he could finally have peace.